Well, good morning, church. So great for me to be able to share around the word with you today. And I'm really praying and, and trusting that this message I've got today will be helpful in the season that we find ourselves in currently here in our nation. I'd like to start by saying, boy, I think life right now, you could define it as a bit of a roller coaster. It's full of ups and downs, and there's a lot of bumpy travel. And, you know, as we journey through life, it just feels a little bit kind of all over the place. And, you know, I know we've had bumpy seasons in life before, but right now we're facing a lot of difficulties and a lot of challenges socially and economically. There seem to be so many issues and so much dialogue about how bad things are or how bad things are going to get. And we hear bad news constantly. So my question to you today is simple. Do you feel burdened by the state of the world that you find yourself living in right now? How much do you worry about the life that you have here in the world or the kids that you raise are going to grow up in? Right now here in New Zealand, if you're watching overseas, we're in a season of winter. It's dark when we leave for work and it's dark when we come home from work. It's cold, it's wet, it's gray, it's gloomy. And many of us just find seasons like that a little bit blah. Some people love the winter, particularly those who love winter sports like skiing or snowboarding. And as I said, they're a strange group of people. Have you ever met them? They love to go up where it's freezing cold. How many love snow sports? Just want to make sure I'm, how many am I offending? That's all. Okay, great, not too many. But a lot of us at times set aside or, or we're looking for the, the winter season to end. We're really just trying to endure the winter, uh, longing for summer perhaps even. Well, maybe it's just me, but I'm already longing for summer. The moment winter starts, I'm looking for summer. Spring followed by summer is when things seem to get just a little bit easier. Gardens grow again. The days are longer. The days are warmer, people have more energy, and people come out of hibernation. So as I survey things as they stand right now, although the winter is beautiful, and I can admit that there is some beauty that only winter can show us, it's dark and it's cold and it's survival for many. Add in the challenges people are facing in life and the fear that people are receiving from the daily news, and you have a recipe for people to feel a little bit flat, pretty tired, maybe a bit down, or maybe just a bit blah. And you could argue that this entire year of 2022 has felt a little bit like that. Did anyone ever say, I can't wait for 2020 to finish? And then I can't wait for 2021 to be over. Thank goodness it's 2022. Anyone already looking at 2022 and thinking, bring on 2023? The business sector has difficulties. People are not spending and they're not gathering like they were before. Even in the church, our gathering size since we came back from lockdown in May is half the size it was before we went into lockdown, many choosing not to be around crowds, and I totally get it, or a number of other reasons. So what's the good news here, Carl? Well, the good news is this simple. This too shall pass. Seasons do come, but here's the good news, seasons also go. Eventually, the roller coaster has to end. When I was on it at Rainbow's End, from the first three seconds, I was screaming for it to stop, and it only went for 45 seconds. The good news is the seasons come and the seasons go. Now, listen, I like summer. I prefer the beach or lakes over the ski fields. Have I got any friends in the room? I like the longer days, and I love barbecues. Perhaps it's because that's almost all I can cook. But I don't like the winter. 
I can acknowledge its beauty, as I said, but this last season that I'm calling winter, 2022, I haven't really enjoyed. I feel like so much of this year, people have been in survival mode, just trying to get by. See, I'm the kind of person who wants action. I like liveliness. I want energy. I like vision, and I like things happening. However, as my mentor told me this week, and he shall remain nameless, but he sits in the front row, and he's the founding pastor. He said, no matter how challenging winter is, you cannot make it summer. It was a profound moment for me. You cannot just decide that winter is now going to be summer. If you go sunbathing in minus two degrees, you will not get a tan. You will get hypothermia. No one's at the nudist beaches right now. You ask me how I know that. I'm just assuming it. But you see, winter has a purpose. And we need to walk through the seasons that we find ourselves in, even if they're just a little bit blah. In winter, seeds are sitting below the surface. They're getting ready to burst forth into fruitfulness when the growth of spring and summer finally arrive. They're germinating below the surface. This is cool. We can't see much. There's not much happening. But below the surface, there's a lot happening, waiting to burst forth in fruitfulness. If you're in the business sector, let me encourage you. It might not feel like much is happening at the moment, but you've got some seed below the soil that is waiting to burst forth in fruitfulness. This too, this season will pass and a new season will come. But all I want is fruitfulness, not the process. I don't want just seed below the soil. I want fruitfulness. Got any other friends? I want to jump straight to the vine being there, the fruit being on the vine. I don't want to have to wait for planting seed for it to do its thing and for it to grow. You don't start getting dividends for investments before you invest anything. Is anybody with me? Angela is, so that's good. I'm preaching to us anyway, honey. This is for us today. Today I want to have a look at the book of Habakkuk to find what is the correct response in winter seasons. When life is not how you want it to be, and things don't feel very fruitful like they once perhaps were, how should we respond? Habakkuk is one of the 12 minor prophets found in the Old Testament, and he's set against the background of a decline and the fall of the Judean kingdom. The Babylon Empire has now risen up and is a real power in the earth. The period of prosperity and ease of living for the people of Judah and what they had enjoyed under King Josiah was now ending. Their season of flourishing, their season of comfort, the ease of lifestyle was now departing them. The local news, Habakkuk's Instagram was blowing up with doom and gloom. The news reporters were telling the people of God how bad things were about to get for them. Their season of flourishing and comfort was coming to an end. So the conditions of life for Habakkuk would have gone from excellent and considerable material prosperity and even the promise of spiritual revival to the height of desperation as he saw his freedoms disappearing under the siege and violence of Babylon. The uniqueness of what we read in Habakkuk is that much of what he's 
speaking is actually to speak to God on behalf of the people rather than to the people on behalf of God. In fact, what you will find if you go and read Habakkuk 1, 2, and 3 is the first two chapters. He's just having a plain good whinge to God about the state of the world. Anyone relate to Habakkuk? Or maybe I'm the only whinger in New Zealand. But I've been reminding God, God, have you not seen the state of things? This is what Habakkuk is doing. Down here, in case you've missed it, Lord, it's not actually that great on earth right now. I'm not sure if you're aware of what's happening up there, but life's not that fantastic. And this is what Habakkuk is reminding God of, that God, there's some things going wrong in the world, and I'm wondering if you've missed it. Habakkuk told God that violence and law, law-breaking was abounding, and the sinful people seem to at least superficially be winning. Sound like Habakkuk could be writing these words today over the state of our nation? Is violence and law breaking on the rise? Does it seem at times like evil is thriving? You see, what had happened for Habakkuk was he had watched people breaking covenant with God, and yet it seemed like they were still living a considerably good life with no consequences. And what you see with Habakkuk when you read it is a strong justice vibe coming through in his writing. He's saying, God, this is just plain not right. Can you not see what is happening? This feels unjust because these people have broken covenant with you and they seem still to be thriving in their lives. Anyone like to remind God of our perceived injustices? Ange tells me all the time when we're driving in the car, and this time I'm driving, that I'm like a policeman on the road. Got any policeman friends? Tell everybody what they're doing wrong. Well, this is Habakkuk. He's reminding God, God, there are some injustices. How can these people that are so opposed to you, God, seem to have such a great life. But see, the godlessness had meant an increase in violence and law-breaking. And in Habakkuk's mind, God should have risen up and God should have done something to correct it. Yahweh, the great I Am, should do something about the state of our world. Have you found yourself wondering if God's gonna step in at any moment and intervene? And this is what's happening for Habakkuk. Where's God? in the midst of what the world is facing and what's going on for his people. He's despondent and he's left questioning God. And can I just say God's not afraid of our questions? Before you feel guilty for having asked God what he's up to, and what, God's not afraid of our tough questions as long as it drives us deeper into a relationship with him to find the answers. He's not afraid of any question you might have about what's actually going on. I'm glad for that. For Habakkuk, how could God seemingly be ignoring the prayers of the righteous? God, we're praying. God, we're believing for a breakthrough. We're believing for revival. God, why are you not seemingly answering the prayers of the righteous? And the mindset can very quickly become that somehow, because things are bad right now, that God's global redemptive plan is under threat. And Habakkuk was worried that somehow God had become complacent towards tolerating an evil generation. Feel familiar? God is not afraid of tough seasons in the earth. God does not waste difficult winter seasons. In those seasons, we are taught resilience and we are taught perseverance. We are reminded, and this is important, that we are not in control and we are not the center of the universe. God is the one who's in control, and he's meant to be central in our lives. It's our job to trust him completely. 
And in our humanity, we need to be reminded sometimes that we're not in control and we're not the center of it all. Habakkuk was never told as a prophet when it would end or when it would get better, but that he needed to trust God's redemptive plan. In one of God's replies to Habakkuk's complaints, I want us to read it this morning. Habakkuk 2, verse 2 to 4. Then the Lord replied, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. See, the enemy is puffed up. His desires are not upright, but the righteous person will live by his faithfulness. The reality is that God is in control, and he does have a plan. But while difficulties linger, wait for God's response, for it will come. In the midst of your prayers of desperation, wait for God's answer. Wait for him. In the state of the world right now, as followers of Jesus, wait for his plan to be worked out because it will be. And the answer will come. See, the enemy right now is puffed up. Family, we have an enemy right now that's opposed to our message, opposed to our values, opposed to our beliefs, and is puffed up with pride and whose desires are not upright. And we wonder what will God do and when will he do it? But our response is this, while wondering, because wondering what God is doing is totally fine, but while we wonder, we trust God's plan even in the midst of what seems like a great delay. And as righteous, we live by our faithfulness. Faithfulness in the end always produces fruitfulness because it endures, it perseveres. Though it's winter, we know that spring is just around the corner. There's a delay, but there's some seed in the ground, and that seed will burst forth in fruitfulness. But wait patiently, and in the midst of winter, we learn resilience, and we learn perseverance, and then the answers will come. We see in Hebrews 10, God's response to Habakkuk is referenced. And this is important because this refers to the days we now live in. Hebrews 10, 36 to 39. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. And, and here's the quote, but my righteous one will live by faith and I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. Here we see the writer of Hebrews reminds us that the answer to the troubles that Habakkuk was facing was the promise of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we are blessed beyond belief as we are now living in the fulfillment of the promise of the sending of a Savior. 
You and I live in the days where beyond what's happening in the world, we are so blessed because Jesus has already paid the price to overcome sin and death and open a way between God and man. We will always have something in our day to rejoice about because Jesus has won the victory. And that was the promise. Wait, because it was coming. And Jesus came and he died and he rose again, conquering sin and conquering death. We're blessed beyond belief. He's come, he's defeated sin, he's defeated death, he's conquered the grave. And we have been set free from the bondage of sin and been received as children of God. Our response, however, is no different today than it's ever been. We live by faith and we do not shrink back. No matter how difficult the seasons get, no matter how challenging life might be, and for some right now, life is incredibly Challenging, no matter how difficult it is, no matter how dark and cold it might appear, we do not give up and we do not shrink back, but we persevere in faith and we trust God wholeheartedly. Habakkuk is actually quoted throughout the New Testament. The righteous live by faith, not by sight, we live by faith. The word faith in Habakkuk is actually translated faithfulness. So we remain faithful in every season. Did you hear that today? We remain faithful in every season. In the fruitful seasons, we remain faithful. In the seemingly fruitless seasons that feel like winter, they're long and they're dark and there's delay, we remain faithful and we don't shrink back. We don't shrink back. We don't let fear set in and take root in our heart. We don't shrink back one bit. We stand our ground in faith. And we say, God, we can't see the answer right now, but we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. So we won't shrink back. And God, we're gonna trust. Come on, we're gonna trust that there's seed in the ground. And though we don't see its fruitfulness right now, we believe that that seed that's been planted. For some of you, this might be a word for somebody that once walked with Jesus. And right now isn't walking with Christ. It might be a son or a daughter. And you're thinking, boy, I don't know what's going on. Trust the seed that was planted in the soil and pray for the seed that the Holy Spirit would water it and illuminate the truth of Jesus. And that seed could burst forth and be fruitful again. Come on, I'm reminding my own soul of this today. This is, this is I said, this is a word for us. Don't shrink back. We don't belong, the Bible says, to those who shrink back in any season, but to those who remain faithful to God and persevere in every season and every trial. Just like Habakkuk, we often get trapped in the here and now mindset. The here and now is not very good. It's just plain not very good. Yet we must remind ourselves in the here and now that we have eternal hope. We must get our eyes beyond the doom and gloom of the here and now. For sure, we've got to know our season and be honest about what we're facing, but focus on eternal hope. The here and now struggles we each face can lure us into a place that can get pretty negative and lack quite a lot of hope. It can feel like doom and gloom and dark and fruitless. But listen to Psalm 121, just for seasons just like this. Verse one and two, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker, of heaven and earth. We are reminded when we look up and see that God is in control. 
Never get lured into just the here and now. Remember, in the midst of what you're facing today, to look up beyond your circumstances, where does your help come from? Your help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He is bigger than your here and now. He holds the universe in the palm of his hands. He is continuing to work out his plan across the earth. And we need not fear what we are facing, but live by faith in him. Persevere and wait for him. I myself had to be reminded of this time and time again throughout the years of my new life in Christ. I think I was saved and it was radical. About, I'm, it's 25, 26 years ago, somewhere around there. And I was saved out of destruction and ultimately death. Christ reached my heart in the very last days of my depression. If it was not for Jesus' intervention and the Holy Spirit awakening my heart and good people being willing to journey with me through slow transformation, where would I be today? And I come back to this regularly. If you want something to be grateful for, if it was not for Jesus, where would you be today? If it was not for Jesus, where would I be today? I probably wouldn't be here. And I know that's true for a lot of you in your story as well, but thank God for Jesus. Although the journey of transformation and facing my pain was incredibly difficult, I know that's some of your stories as well, but I did not shrink back and remain steady in my faith. That's all it takes. Remain steady in your faith. Don't shrink back. Because of Jesus, I had hope beyond the here and now. And when I walked through those doors of the church, I didn't have much beyond the here and now. But when I found Jesus, I received hope for a better day. You always have hope beyond your here and now, thanks to Jesus. Whatever you're facing, do not allow your circumstances to cause you to shrink back, but hold fast to your faith. Let's lift up our eyes beyond the darkness of the days we are in and remind ourselves and remind each other that we are victorious thanks to the work of Jesus Christ. I don't want my days to be defined by the challenges, but my faithfulness in the midst of challenges to produce fruitfulness. My day shall be defined by my worship of the one who is worthy, not by my difficulties. I'm not saying you won't have difficulties. I'm not telling you to ignore your difficulties. I'm just telling you, lift your worship, lift your praise. Let your day be defined by your eternal hope, not by the circumstances you find yourself in. So how do we do that? Well, let's finish today in Habakkuk. The context of this impending invasion of Babylon, we see Habakkuk's response is actually really cool. Habakkuk 3, verse 16 to 19. He says this, I heard and my heart pounded. My lips quivered at the sound. Decay crept into my bones. My legs trembled, yet I will wait patiently for the day of calamity to come on the nation invading us. In other words, things are so difficult. Things are incredibly challenging. I'm battling to the point of trembling. Oh, the difficulty so much that even my heart is pounding and my lips are quivering. I've waited so long that my body and my bones are in decay, but I will wait on the Lord for calamity to come upon the nation that is invading us. And then he says this, though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle 
in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. When everything seems fruitless, when everything feels like it's coming to an end, there's no food, there's no resources, my natural circumstances are beyond hard, to the point where his physical body is reacting to the circumstances. He says, I will wait patiently on the Lord. That's one of the two keys that Habakkuk gives us in how we respond in winter seasons, when it doesn't feel fruitful, when it doesn't feel like it's going ahead, when we feel like we're lacking vision or a clear way forward, Habakkuk's first key is we wait patiently for the Lord. God in his timing and in his way will work out all circumstances. And our part, your part, is to remain faithful, knowing that as I said, faithfulness is always seed for fruitfulness. I will wait and I will not shrink back. One of the keys he gives us is wait patiently on the Lord. Stand your ground in your faith and don't shrink back. Remember, God does not panic in our winter. He does not panic in our difficulties, but God knows that the testing of our faith, we heard this from Paul Bennett a few weeks back, produces perseverance. We don't like it much, do we? But listen to what James 1.4 says about why perseverance and the testing of our faith is important. It says, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. We wait with faith and we wait with perseverance to allow God to work in us and bring us to a place of maturity and to strengthen and equip us for the future world that we're about to face. Here's what I felt while I was praying this morning. It's really easy to just wait for winter to end. I'm just gonna bunker down and wait for winter to end. But God wants to do something in this season in our hearts to ready us for what comes next. To not waste this season, which can be a gift for us so we can face up to in our maturity what might be coming around the corner. Don't let winter just go by. Whatever God is doing below the surface, trust Him in the process. Stand in your faith. Allow God to work in you maturity. And I, Carl, need maturing. And I've realized in this difficult season, these last few years, man, I needed to grow up somewhat. And some of the things that I relied on that were no longer there could no longer sustain me. God himself had to be enough. And it's interesting what God can do if you will allow him to do it. And I'm still learning what it is that God has worked into my life. But we need to trust God in the process. God is working something ready for what's to come next. And I feel like God needs to mature his bride, his church across the earth. It's like I'm getting my people ready I'm maturing you. Let the work, the testing of your faith. Who's had their faith tested? At any season in your life, come on, who's had their, their faith tested? I certainly have. Let's be really honest. It has a job to do in our lives. We persevere. We stick at it. And we let God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, bring us to a place of maturity that when the next storm comes, we don't fall to bits in our faith because we didn't waste the last storm.
So we let God bring us to a place where he had matured us. The second key that Habakkuk gives us, sorry, the second key that Habakkuk gives us is yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Regardless of what else is happening, I will rejoice in the Lord. I bet there's been a lot of complaining in the last season. I bet there has. I have. Whew, done some serious complaining. Yet, in the midst of all the challenges Habakkuk teaches us, no matter how bad it's going to get or it's got, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. COVID has disrupted church life, business life, travel plans. Heck, it's disrupted everything in the earth. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I have a challenging diagnosis, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. My finances are a real challenge right now, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Life is uncertain, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Are you just going to name a whole lot of things? Yep. God has not answered my prayers right now. My dreams feel like they're lying dormant, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I don't like the winter season, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I have been treated unjustly, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Can the worship team come back this morning and join me? Paul says in Philippians 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And he says, I'll say it again, rejoice. In other words, it bears repeating. No matter what you're facing in life, rejoice in the Lord always. Yeah, have a whinge. Tell some people it's not very good. But do not forget to rejoice in the midst of the challenge. And he says, I'll say it again, rejoice. No matter what season you are, regardless of what it feels like, regardless of what life feels like for you right now, let's never lose, I will rejoice in the Lord, but Habakkuk clarified in that which he will rejoice in. He says this, I will be joyful in God my Savior. He didn't say I'll rejoice in my poverty. He didn't say I'll rejoice in my circumstances. He didn't say I'll rejoice in the losses that I feel like I've taken in the last season of my life. He says, no, no, I'll clarify for you what I'm saying. I will rejoice in God my Savior. And as we do that, as we rejoice in God our Savior, remember what it's doing? It's taking us beyond the here and now mindset. It's lifting our eyes beyond our circumstances. I think as a church and that the church across the world, we need to keep being reminded to look beyond the injustices that we feel are happening to us as God's people. And at times we'll look and we'll see that the evil appears to be reigning in the earth. And people's lives that aren't following Jesus don't seem any worse than our lives. And we can get lured into the here and now and this competing with what's happening in the world. And God says, no, no, I've, you're way beyond where the world's at. I've given you hope for eternity. So come on, my people, lift your eyes. Let's just remain faithful in the days that we live. Let's continue to rejoice in God, our Savior. If you're able this morning, I wonder if you could stand with me and give me the privilege of just praying for us. My prayer has been that this would not just be another message, another moment. None of us that get up here and preach ever want it to just be a message or just be a good talk. Our prayer is always and our heart is always, Holy Spirit, would you have your way? Because we need you to be the one that changes our hearts and minds and gets our focus and our attention back on God. But this is the deal we get. This is what I love about this. Jesus didn't say you had to be faithful alone. No, 
He sent the Holy Spirit to help us day in, day out. In everything that we face, we have the Holy Spirit with us. And so in this moment, we're just simply asking, Holy Spirit, have your way in our hearts. Have your way in our lives. Lift our eyes beyond the here and now. Remind us of all we have to be thankful for in God, our Savior. Lord, we thank you today for the knowledge that each of us have that, Lord, you are in control. You alone are in control of this world. And thanks to Christ, we are convinced that nothing and no one can separate us from the love of God that we found in Christ Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you are with us in every season. And even in the midst of winter, when things just feel like they're not fruitful, you are with us. The incredible seasons of overwhelming fruitfulness, you are with us. But you are also with us in the midst of life's most difficult and challenging times. Help us to not miss you at work when life is difficult. And we again this morning, whatever season we are in, put our trust. Come on, this is an act of our will. This is an act of our faith. This is a part of what I was talking about when I say we will stand firm and we will not shrink back. It's for us to say again, God, we put our faith, we put our trust, we put our hope completely in You. It will not work put in anything or anybody else. Our faith only works when we put our trust in You. So today we choose again to trust You completely. We rejoice in Your unfailing love for us. We rejoice in the eternal hope we have because of Jesus. We rejoice in the peace we have that goes beyond our earthly understanding. We rejoice in Your grace and Your mercy. We rejoice in the secure knowledge that heaven is our home. We rejoice in knowing that You are working out Your purposes in our lives and in our planet. We rejoice in the knowing that You will bring to completion that which You have started in our lives. And we choose to wait patiently and rejoice in You regardless of what we face. Lord, for those today who are finding their season just so incredibly difficult, so hard, we just ask again that Holy Spirit, You would bring Your comfort into their lives and You would bring Your strength and help them to endure. Fill them afresh today with joy because we know that the Bible tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And as we fix our eyes on You, where does our help come from? Our help comes from the Lord, the Maker of heaven and earth. And I pray that our hearts would be filled to overflowing again. Right now, I pray, Holy Spirit, there would be a transaction where we would let go of all the doom and gloom and noise and the discouraging news. And I pray we'd receive fresh hope that Jesus Christ won the victory upon the cross and that we would take peace again in our hearts, knowing that we are victorious in Christ. And we pray all these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.